Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Do it, Casey. Okay, I will. Do it. Sure. Do it. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. Okay. We like our martial arts. We like it. Damn, that was incredible. Uh, thank you, E. Casey Lydon, for getting us started, as always. Bring in the heat. Bring the straight heat. Uh, this is the voice of your host for today's UFC Vegas 76 preview show, Alexander Cayley. What is up, everybody? Say hello to my plant friends as well, uh, bringing extra life to this program. Uh, I am joined. I am blessed, blessed to be joined by uh, two wonderful co-hosts, uh, one Mr. Jed Mishu. One, Mr. Jose Youngs. Live long and prosper, indeed. Uh, and in the truck, as I just mentioned, of course, the esteemed Casey Lydon. Well, guys, we've got another UFC card this week. I don't know if you heard about it. Uh, it is our... How many weeks straight are we in now, Jose? Could, do you know how, how many weeks straight is this of UFC events? Off the top of your head. Where this is like eight, right? Eight in a row because there was nothing on Memorial Day. No, maybe more. No, this is no. five. This yeah, is this five. is four or five. There was no. Was oh, okay. It's, it's there just was no. June. We we had the end right. of May off, and yeah, now we're on Memorial. Right, right. Soon now we'll it's be a run un- until we're like, unbroken. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, oh. This current run lasts until like. Oh, October. so people aren't people aren't UFC fatigued at all. Then I was going to start off with this whole spiel about like, oh, people are fatigued with the fight nights and the Apex events. But you're right. We had that. We had that day off. Some you know some weeks ago, and everyone is is rearing to go with a uh, 12 fight card that we have Saturday night at the UFC Apex, headlined by a middleweight bout that's like not insignificant between um, UFC Apex headlining veteran Sean Strickland. This is. Uh, Fifth UFC Apex main event, and uh, someone only making his sophomore UFC debut, but getting his first uh, official main event. Abus Abusupian Magomedov. We'll go with Abus for the purposes of the show. Um, 
I've seen it again. Listen, uh, anyone who's watched any of our recent preview shows, there's been this kind of tone we've had of like, oh, great, another card. Uh, how are we going to rate this one? We're oversaturated, da 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 uh, And uh, listen, I, I'm, so I'm starting off with more of that, but I don't really want to ask to grade the card as a whole. I don't feel like I need to give a gymnastics rating. Um, it's a card. It's hey, a kid, card, give guys, the people what they want. The people tuned in for a gymnastics. Training, I'm avoiding it because it. I think I, I said this last week is I don't know whether I have to recalibrate or if I have to stick with the number. Uh, the good thing is I'm sure no one remembers what I gave some of the recent cards so I can really say whatever I want. But I'll go to you guys first before I while I tabulate the uh, math in my head. Uh, Jose, as, as, a, as a young man who uh, does a lot of traveling, who is usually on site for us at a lot of these events, what is your what is the vibe in the jose young's household when you have to you know buckle up for one of these um apex cards just uh, from home um i don't really so pay so much attention to the main event i mean the main event is obviously what draws the audience in if there is a high level main event then i it just kind of adds to the intrigue and that's only because i get to see high level fighters fight for two extra rounds i i tend to look at the entire card top to bottom and if there's one or two fight fighters that I'm interested in, I'll be, you know, I'll be semi excited. If they're happen to be fighting each other, I'll be even more excited. There's some very fun names on this card. Fights that, like, as you like, people that tune into these shows know. I like the martial arts in mixed martial arts. I don't really care for any of the outside noise. I just kind of like what happens inside the octagon. So there's, in terms of that, there's a lot of fun names. The co-main event, obviously, we're going to get into, is very intriguing to me. Um, and then there's a lot of names that stand out on the prelim cards, more, much more than the main card outside of the top two fights. I would probably switch a few of these fight cards around this lineup around, but I'm also on record saying I don't particularly care what the rankings are because the channel doesn't change. You're going from ESPN Plus to ESPN Plus, so it just feels like one big card rather than main card and prelims. This would be different if it was an ABC card or a pay-per-view or whatever. I know people on the site – and various other sites and on Twitter like to complain to complain. I don't really have a lot to complain about the order of these things. Um, it's fine. There's a lot of intriguing matchups and names on the undercard, though. Yeah, as much a great point, as much as any card in recent memory, I feel like you could shuffle this card and put it in almost any order because mm -hmm. a lot of people have been surprised with uh, Romanov and Ivanov being the first scheduled fight on the prelims. Like, that could that could be a co-main event. I know that sounds crazy, but the UFC loves to put heavyweights on high placements on cards. If that was the co-main event, I mean, no one would bat an eye. We'd make fun of it as much as any other heavyweight co-main event. Um, you could put, it's a little surprising, like Yana Santos and, and Carol Hosa, uh, both ranked bantamweights fighting in a, in a featherweight fight, but they could have been on the main card. You could have put, it's, it, it's certainly very malleable. There's also one thing that's weird, not weird, but kind of cool. It's a very internationally flavored card. I don't know how else to put it. We've got someone from, I'm just running down here. Moldova, we've got Bulgaria, we've got Croatia. I think I think uh, Ivana Petrovic from Croatia, Georgia, Russia. Uh, we've got a couple of Russians. France is on is in the building, of course. Brazil, Colombia, Michael Morales, Ecuador, excuse me, uh, and uh, Kazakhstan, and then uh, Avis Magomedov is Russian fighting out of Germany. It's a very international card. It's very it's and I and I thought it out there, uh, of course, because I know that's going to affect. Uh, Jeff's rating. Knowing that, uh, do you view this card in a more positive, more compelling light, knowing about this all this international representation that we have here? It does look like we have about twelve 
different countries represented yeah. on this card. Yeah. Like, Take that, Don Davis. Which, yeah. I mean, it's is this card eighty percent Asian? I'm <laughs> it's not, not quite enough. No. I'm unclear. I'll default. I'll defer to others for that sort of uh, technical breakdown. I don't. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Uh, this card is whatever. It's fight card. If you have nothing else to do on Saturday, um, sure. Why not? You could. I mean, I guess the Tour de France will probably uh, mostly be done th- that, that stage by the time this oh. kicks off. So you can oh. you can go right into this. Uh, no. You know, watching the tour into oh, oh this this is a, a big no on the Tour de France. I don't understand. I don't understand, and this is just a blanket observation. And I know I'm in the minority. I don't understand the fascination with dumb sports on MMAfighting.com. I don't <laughs> like wow. golf, Tour de France. Darts. Wow, you're, it's you're calling you're calling cycling a dumb sport. A lot of people going to be are... mad at you about about that yeah. one. But like popularity and dumbness don't aren't don't coincide. Like a lot of people think baseball is dumb and that's still semi popular. Like I just think they're silly sports. But that's I, if you like it, if you like it, I'm not gonna say don't like it, but like I don't quite understand the appeal. If you wanna I watch Sword France, I hope you love it. I just will not. Dude. I'm so going to regret this. I'm so going to regret this. What is a silly sport? The Pogatron <laughs> Our finger guard is like that. That rivalry is sick. You gotta watch it, man. Say that word. Say, say those words again in a row. Pogachar, who's uh, uh, one of the two cyclists who's favored, but I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not. I won't pretend to be a huge guy, but I did watch the Netflix series, so I'm geared up now, yeah. ready for it. I will respectfully decline watching the Tour de France. It's just they go. And then they don't stop until they reach a line. And then yes. that's th- – those are the highlights. Not big those on the F1 are, either. Not big on the car. That's the race every either. race yeah. that's ever happened in this I've also never yet. watched – I've never like chosen to watch a race yeah. like in any avenue. Love racing. Racing is just so easy. Uh, I wouldn't probably choose to watch this fight to get us back on topic. Uh <laughs> If you got nothing else to do, it's fine. I think the co-main event's sick, uh, right? Like I love oh, Demir's yeah, Magulov versus Grant Dawson. That's a it's an insane fight. Probably should be the main event, but it's not a huge deal. The main event can only be cool if if Abe uh, Magomedov wins, and otherwise it's just going to be Sean Strickland. So whatever. There's enough here that these staunch UFC defenders that are out there who get mad at us when we rightfully say. As yeah, cards pretty mid, uh, can point this and be like, "That's bullshit." Like, we look, there's two ranked fighters opening up the whole card, and another two ranked fighters fighting, and the co-main event's really cool. It's, I'll say the same thing I've been saying for years. If you like it, please enjoy. I don't want to yuck your yum, but if part of you can look at this and just be realistic and know that it's it's okay to want more for yourself as an MMA fan. It is okay to say, not the best thing I've ever seen, still better than I, anything else I got going on Saturday night, but I wish that the world's premier promotion in this sport would try a little harder to make me more excited about Saturdays instead of, well, that's – I'll be killing time with some beers and and some burgers and brats or whatever and watching 
Abe Magomedov and Sean Strickland fight. Woohoo! Dare to dream, people. Dare to dream. Uh, with that said, I think I have I have determined my gymnastics rating. Uh, again, I, I, I think there's enough here. Uh, like you said, kind of what you just said, Jed. You know that uh, it's def- it's defendable if you are so inclined to do so. You know, if you're a hardcore USC fan that's inclined to do so. Uh, I'm not. I'm. You know, I don't want to speak from that perspective. But again, I I am the prince of positivity. I do like to suggest that these cards have more to offer than they may at first uh, seem to have at first value at first sight. Excuse me. So I'm still I'm still staying above eight. I'm I'm not willing to go below. And you know that. And, and Jed, before you say anything, I am being consistent because if I gave that uh, what was that card before? Uh, uh, Dario, uh, what? Uh, sorry, Vittori Cannoneer. If I gave that card like I think an eight point four, then I I have to. I think this card. Might be around the same. I'm going to my match. You know, I'm going to stick with my magic 8.4. I'm going to do it because we are going to dive into some of the deeper cuts. Earlier when I said this was a card where it feels like the lineup could be, you know, put in any order. I kind of meant that as a compliment, not as in like, oh, every fight is so instinctual. I mean, I meant like, you know, some of these cards are strong enough to Ooh, be quote unquote main card fights. The, uh, I, I do. I, well, I mean it as a compliment. It certainly could be uh, used otherwise. The other thing I'll say is for cards like this – all you can really hope for is like, you know, a bunch of finishes uh, for ours, hopefully some sort of controversy so we can, you know, talk about it after. But on the finish side of it, I think this will be there's 12 fights. Oh, I think this would be a high finish card. Yeah, I'm, I think you get like eight out of 12. Yeah. And that does not finishes do not determine yeah. what is a good what is a is and isn't a good card. Let's be clear. You can have fight cards with a lot of decisions that are friggin' amazing. You're gonna have fights with a lot of fi- cards with a lot of finishes that are not great. But when you have a card like this, which is like you're kind of just tuning in because maybe there's nothing else to do, you probably want to see a bunch of finishes. You want to see some people just get smoked. And I think that I think that could happen a lot. So I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll frame it that way for people until there could be some some highlights at least. Uh, the main event. Okay, well, we got to dive into this the, a little bit. The guys. main event is the problem, though, AK. Because the main event is probably not going to be a finish. <laughs> you, you could get and a that's, big finish from Abus. Let's go, Abe. <laughs> uh, Abus Magomedov, 19 second finish in his UFC debut uh, against, you know, Dustin Stoltzfus, not quite on the level of Sean Strickland. Fine. Uh, 20 of his 25 wins are by knockout or submission, so there's something there. Again, you can say, well, how many of those are against you know super, super high-level competition? You'd have to do a deep dive into the resume. I certainly won't go as far as say that he's been you know knocking out uh, elite fighters left and right. But hey, listen, he's got some nose for a finish. I, I, I think it's very possible people get they want or they get uh, or he gets Strickland, which is almost is, – is getting Strickland like the male version of getting Chukagian? Oh, yeah. Almost exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe worse. Uh, maybe, maybe it might even feel worse. Um, I'll go. Let's let's get right to it then, guys. Let's get right to it. I don't want to. I don't really care to discuss the stakes of the fight. I think we've said this with a bunch of middleweight fights recently, where it's like Izzy needs Izzy needs a p- opponent, such and such person if they win. Um, but if you want to add that in, go ahead. But uh, Jose, I'll go to you first. Uh, how do you see this playing out? Who do you like to win it? Uh, I think Strickland's going to Strickland. Um... And I honestly think he's fighting for the possibility of being the third, fourth option to fight Israel in September, because as we said, that's a quick turnaround for DDP or Robert Whitaker. And 
I would imagine Israel is does not want to wait. And if Sean Strickland is next man up, he's next man up. There's some sort of history there. They can play that uh, press conference clips over and over and over. Israel has brought up his name in the past. So I assume if Strickland wins, he's at least a dark horse candidate to possibly get that title shot. Whether that happens or not, we'll find out in, what, a week? Uh, just, we'll see how DDP and Robert Whitaker turn out. But I think he's Strickland is going to Strickland. I think he's fallen much better competition. He's beaten much better competition. I think if you look at uh, Abus's resume, I think the highest level guy he's he's fought in the last few years has probably been Lewis Taylor, who you know former PFL champion. I think he was was he the inaugural one? AK, I know you're a PFL guy, like for that for that division. He was what the yes. the, what, the, the middleweight one? Right? Yeah, and then one? he did, yeah. and then he but didn't even he, he didn't he didn't compete in season he, two. He didn't get cleared. He won the championship by beating Abus. Yes, that's correct. So that I was, feel like that was the title. Right. But that was that was four or five years ago, and he hasn't been especially active since then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sean Strickland is the opposite. That dude has fought in a lot of top ten middleweights, beaten a lot of them, as and has been very active. So I just think Strickland's going to Strickland. He's going to punch a lot. He's going to jab a lot, and. I don't see a finish. I just think we're going to get like a 49-46 Sean Strickland. I think that's a strong assessment again because if you, a, a lot of people are asking, I think like what does this fight do for Strickland? And I think if you're him, you do see it as pretty winnable. And again, it's something that just keeps him in line to possibly, you know, jump into a, a title shot if uh, Izzy needs an opponent. So that's uh, that seems to be the strong consensus there is that we're getting a decision. But I don't know. I don't know, Jed, if you're going another direction with it. No, I think it probably is going to happen that way. But if there's going to be a finish, it's probably going to be Abe getting doing something woolly and weird because that's kind of what he does. But he's also historically sort of lost in big moments inexplicably like was taylor's the best guy he's fought but that was such a weird knockout right like it sort of just came out of nowhere and almost didn't even look like it landed he he has a knack for slipping on banana peels and so maybe he can slip on a banana peel in a way that sean strickland actually gets to finish but it's probably just going to be you know sean strickland doing the thing and that's like that's that's honestly one of the big deficits of the card because like it or not, you we remember fight cards based on how they end. The main event has such an outsized weight on what the card is is looked back on. And the over like Sean Strickland just does not deliver things that are going to be good in that regard. Unless he's fighting Alex Pereira, uh, that could have been a main event and we would have left just tickled because it was incredible. But I think the overwhelmingly like likelihood it's not not good. Not good signs, Bob. Yeah, I, and I get it. I get it. The lo- the looming uh, threat of a Strickland decision win is does cast a shadow on this card. I can't argue against it. Jose mentioned that the, the quality of competition thing is so notable and so relevant. It's something my best friend Mike Heck kind of harps upon all the time. It's kind of what he defaults to when there's a, a matchup that you know seems somewhat close on paper. And and the odds are close. I should say. Uh, I believe Sean Strickland's slight favorite. I'm looking just at topology. Minus, minus 170, I think. Minus 70 when I check DraftKings. Yeah, uh, uh, Avis was plus 135. So only a slight underdog. People are giving him a chance. Topology, a little more definitive. 74% Strickland. And I usually um, I think, uh, as producer Casey always notes, you know, topology, I think, is a little more hardcore, a little more refined, a little more knowledgeable. So that may be a more accurate reflection of um, what kind of chance people are giving 
uh, Avis Megomedov to pull off this upset because, yeah, I, he hasn't been active. This is true. Again, Dustin Stoltzfus, not saying he's a bad fighter, but not a big name in the UFC. So beating him doesn't show a lot of, of, of where where Avis is, like at this stage of his career. I'm looking at just like two fights ago. This is a long time ago, back in 2019, though. You guys, you guys said he has been active. He beat. Uh, he was 22, four and one when he fought an O and O fighter. So I don't know what the opposite of iron sharp is iron, but that can't be good for you. Uh, a knockout In his for, defense, he did please. run through Slavisa Sanumovic. Uh huh. That's what you should yes. do against an O and O fighter. Yes, he took he took care of business. Okay, he took care of business. But I mentioned the 20 finishes before. I'd have to go back and see like how many of those guys that he finished that were like. Five, like one and one and uh it's actually yeah, it's actually it, not that many but it's still not great it, it's hard not to picture strickland who is a again regardless of what you think of the man personally i'm not i'm certainly not a fan um just outworking him for five rounds he's a good fighter john strickland's a good fighter and he's beaten at least i think tougher guys than avis megamedov so uh we'll see I'm, I'm a little surprised avis actually isn't a bigger underdog i guess that finishing that finishing power does dazzle the uh dazzles better dazzles the odd makers but odds makers i thought strickland would at least be two to one normally guys listen people normally know who watch this program that uh sometimes we disagree just for the sake of conversation kind of hard to to go against strickland here so we're we're all we're unanimous strickland by decision the bellator champion series is back in action friday may 17th live from paris france reigning bantamweight champ patchy mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist magomed magomedov and cedric the best Doombay makes his bellator debut in front of a home paris crowd versus jaleel the realist willis don't miss the action live at noon est on hbo here in the u.s and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You guys said you're excited about the co-main, two guys who I would certainly call lightweight contenders. I don't think ranked in the MMA Fighting Global rankings, but certainly, but both received votes. Both had been ranked at some point. I mean, Grant Dawson is. Grant Dawson is Grant Dawson is number twelve. I apologize to Mr. Grant Say, Dawson. Grant Dawson, yes, I apologize. <laughs> and Demir was in there before. I think he took his first uh, his first UFC loss. He was in there. So, uh, Jed, uh, how much are you liking this fight? Uh, where was where where does the win put either guy in, in the lightweight rankings? Obviously, Dawson would would uh, keep his number. Can it push him into the top ten? Does will Demir jump back in? Is that all it takes is by beating Dawson? Or or would if Demir wins, does it just kind of drop Dawson out? What do you think? What's your looking ahead a little bit here? I love this fight. Uh, my questions about this fight are entirely about Demir, right? I think a win for either guy could be huge if Demir is going to hang around. Seems like he kind of is with some statements he made about Justin Gaethje. But after he lost to Armin, Demir retired and then was like, actually, I guess I have one fight left at the UFC. I'll just fight it out. And I don't really know where his head's at, where if, if he is committed to kind of still pursuing this or if this is just... I'll stick around for a little bit. So a win for him should be monumental, right? I mean, Dawson's ranked in our rankings. I'm pretty sure he's ranked in the UFC's rankings. Should be a very high-quality win. And if your only real loss is to Armin Sarukian, a guy who is calling for a title shot who won't get one, but, like, we all know what Armin is in this division, right? Like, that's pretty damn good for Demir. 
on the other side, Grant, this is really Grant Dawson's opportunity, right? Like, uh, I mean, he's he's had other. Mark, Marco Madsen is uh, an Olympian, right? So that should be a good win, but it doesn't resonate in the same way as this guy who is actively ranked in the UFC rankings right now in our rankings. Uh, just uh, widely well respected as a lightweight. I've been very big on Grant Dawson. I love his potential. I think he has a good chance to win this fight. And if he does, I think this is the win that gets him into the bigger conversations into the top 10 of the division kind of fights conversations. It's really tough at lightweight, got some squatters near the top and it, it is just an impossible like row to hoe to just work your way through this division. But I do think a win here for Grant Dawson firmly puts him in the, Hey, Jalen Turner, Rafael Faziv, or uh, any of those sort of guys in the top 10, you want you're gonna have to fight him we've got to give him a chance to make to start making his way up the ranking so i think it's i think the biggest stakes is this fight and the best fight of the weekend is this fight uh yeah again we have ismagulov at uh, 12 uh, grand Dawson, i believe is a fighter also receiving vote a farv and the ufc's official rankings they actually have uh damir ismagulov at 12 grand dawson at 15 so they, they have it flipped around uh jose uh, a similar question to you, but yes, kind of more focusing on the Grant Dawson part. Not because I, I don't think Demir can win, but if Grant Dawson were to win, this would be 12 straight undefeated. There's a draw in there with, mm-hmm. with Ricky Glenn. 12 straight undefeated. Not all at lightweight. You know, there's been some uh, there's been some issues with, you know, he started off as a featherweight, and now even at lightweight, he's had a bit of trouble, trouble making. No issue uh, on Friday, but his fight before that with Mark Madsen, he did come in heavy again. Uh, how much do you think some of these gaps are holding him back? Do you think the UFC does see him as someone that they want to push? I mean, this is a co-main event spot, but um, again, we've seen guys go from co-main event to preliminary mm. opener like a Romanov. So, what's what's your what's your vibe on on Dawson as far as uh, as far as being a contender? Well, before I answer that, I have a you guys Please. both you guys both vote on MMA fighting's rankings, Correct. right? Like, Correct. why isn't why is Grant Dawson ranked so high compared to Demir as compared to the UFC rankings? Because Demir's only loss, if I'm mistaken, in the UFC is to Armin. And mm-hmm. we all agree that Armin is possibly a future champion, future title contender. Is it just the – and before that, like, Tiago Moises is very good. Guram is very good. Rafael Alves is very good. Joel Alves at one point was, Joel, was, one, of the, yep. was one of the shining lightweight prospects. Why – and, like, Grant Dawson is beating, like, Mark Madsen, Jared Gordon, good wins, Leo Santos – I would like those wins seem comparable, but Armin is just the big, is just a monster. Is it just actually, the loss to Armin, or is it because he has is Demir just is it the decisions? That's a, I, I'm, I'm generally interested. I think that probably both of those are a thing, but for me specifically, it's that he said he was retiring, so I removed him. Okay, <laughs> yeah, like, that was a problem. He was like, "Yeah, I'm done with fighting." So I was like, <laughs> "I guess you're on." And, and I don't so know would, where that's at now. Like looking say, at, I, yeah, I like RDA, RDA is Grom. That's why too. RDA is ranked 15. He's not a lightweight anymore in our rankings. And then like looking at fighters who also received votes, like Tony Ferguson, got a vote. Like yeah. Drew Dober got a vote. Joel by. Alvarez got a vote. Like is he? There are a is, couple of people. I don't this have RDA whole, ranked. I don't have any of the people you. We don't want to go down this rabbit hole. Hold on. Shouldn't. We don't. <laughs> we don't want to no, go down I'm this just. Hole. I it's. I brought it up because like yes. I think, like if Demir beat Armin, he's like top seven in the world. 
And like it's that, a good he, question. Took, he, yeah. he took Armin to a decision. If if yeah. if if Demir beat Armin, Grant Dawson versus Demir is the main event. Like that one loss to Armin is essentially why this fight is not five rounds. Yeah, and he um, took him to a decision. Um, anyway, yeah. regardless, like that's an either here nor there. I'm just, I'm always interested in why MMA fighting has people ranked. Oh, for sure. So well, he, he'll, he'll be. He'll be back definitely with a win. I think most of us will. I will say, I'm just looking at the bottom of my ranking. Is it, he it should also be. I don't know. Well, maybe. Well, maybe if he wins and then retires again, I don't know what we're gonna do. Um, but uh, I should be noted also that the MMA fighting global rankings are also not just UFC. So he's well, also yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a couple of those spots are taken. Like at least for me, a couple of spots are taken by uh, Usman Nurmagomedov and uh, OAM. Yeah. From well, I was just. But, I guess I, the only reason I, I ask is because Grant Dawson is like ranked above AJ McKee. Yes, and like I obviously I think AJ McKee is might be a more talented lightweight than Grant Dawson, but like yeah. Just this questions I have regardless. Resume. Anyway, it's, yes, it's 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 a whole it's a whole. Uh, listen, we'll tell people there'll be there'll be a new You're episode. Welcome to join the, the voting uh, panel. Pass. Yeah, jump in. Uh, <laughs> no. be, we'll have an episode. I believe the next episode of the rankings podcast will be after the next pay per view. Logically, unless I'm trying to think if there's something that could happen at this. No, that, that, that would prompt. Oh, wait a minute. There's a women's featherweight fight. Never mind. That, that'll, there we go. We're going to have to uh, do an emergency show anyway, to cover that. But, oh, I'm sorry. Title I guess I Ask me the I question. Mean, that's that, what I consider question. it. What was the original question? <laughs> uh, if Grant Tossin wins, do you see him as someone that uh, the UFC has sort of in their plans to push? I mean, get, based on him getting a commitment, or do you think some of his weight issues? And also, I don't know a lot about Grant Dawson like personality wise, despite him being so deep into his UFC career, which seems a yeah. because I think he's done plenty of media. Anyway, do you see, do you, think, yeah. do you see him as someone that UFC can get behind if he beats up? I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be a guy that they push based on wins and losses, not because of personality. Like he has more wins in the UFC than Michael Chandler, but for Michael Chandler is ranked above him. Like he's going to be a guy like Jack De La Maddalena, who, you know, when you talk to him, he's interesting, but when you see him fight, that kind of gets you intrigued and he's going to be a guy that gets pushed based on his wins. Um, I know he's missed weight a few times, but like, as I said, like night, if he wins being 20 and one, especially if he gets a finish 20 and one with 17, 18 finishes is something you can't overlook. Um, lightweight is tough. There's a lot of guys like Jed said, squatting at the top, but I think the winner of this that fight between Den Hooker and Jalen Turner looks real interesting if the winners of these two fights fight each other down the road in like maybe a fight night main event. Um, lightweight is just, it's you got to be a character or you got to win a lot or you got to be exciting. And Grant Dawson seems to be an exciting guy who wins a lot. He's just taking the slow road up. Mark Matson at the time was a big win. He still, still is a big win. Beating Demir, who's only lost to Ar- if he finishes him and Armin did it, like that's another story we have right there. I'm, yeah, Grant Dawson's going to be pushed based on finishing power and wins and losses. That's for sure. Which I love. Yeah. I love fighters like that. Yeah, Ismagulov, uh, twenty four wins, just two losses. Only one of those losses by knockout. And- that must have been friggin' years ago by now. So. Are you sure he's lost by he's lost to a stoppage? I believe he has a stoppage loss on his resume. From, I have from it back, written back, on my notes that he's only his only two losses were a decision. But I oh, oh hold on, yes, let me oh hold on, let me see. I see. I'm, I'm looking at Wikipedia. Yeah. Just let me let me check let me check my other sources. Demir here. has only been That's decision twice. dog. Not been knocked. Demir's been to a decision twice. Oh. Ever? He's only been. I decision guess so. he's only lost. Oh, to decision. oh, oh. oh. Yeah. 
Well, that was just yeah, fake yeah. news on my. That was just fake news yeah. on my part, wasn't it? So if I, lied, I tried to lie to becomes, America, if Grant Dawson becomes the first man to finish Demiris Magulov, that's obviously a big thing, and he'll be a top. 12 do top it, 10 lightweight 100 he could this dude Grant puts people is away. a predatory grappler if he gets your yeah. back crap yeah yes. he's like he's like freakishly strong and has you know obviously he's known as a grappler but he's definitely not by no means like a decision machine was 14 sub, what am i looking at here 14 submission wins 13 submission would be 14 if you manage to submit demir or five knockouts if you imagine but 17 finishes 19 wins it's not bad ufc likes that ufc likes that uh jed who's gonna win I'm taking Grant Dawson. Uh, I just love his game. Been a huge supporter of him for a while. Uh, and I think he has a sort of relentless grappling attack that can give Demir problems. Demir's a really good defensive wrestler. Uh, but Armin Sarukian basically beat him by just forcing the issue over and over again. I don't have the stats in front of me, but it's something like Armin landed seven takedowns, but he shot like 35 times or whatever. Uh, and Demir, that's that's a lot of winning from Demir, but Armin just kept doing it, and then he would get dominant positions, hold him down, control time. I think Grant Dawson can do almost exactly the same thing here, and Demir, it, it's tough. It is tough for Demir to fight a guy, be like, I'm retiring, that sucked, and now he's going to fight another dude who is maybe not the athlete that Armin Sarukian is, maybe not the explosive quick-touch athlete, but... I would argue is a better, more dangerous control grappler and can do a lot of the same things. It's frying pan to fire, man. Just real tough for him. Uh, and I, I like Grant Dawson to get it done. Jose? Yeah, I agree. I think after watching that Armin fight, Armin's kind of laid the blueprint out on how to, you know, take advantage of not holes, but like you, you, he he's excels in fighting a very specific type of fighter and Armin kind of used that against him. And I think Grant Dawson took will take especially ATT. ATT seems to be just like master game planners. So I just think I think Grant Dawson gets it done, especially in three rounds. I don't know if it'll be a finish, but like like Jed said, he's just a predatory guy. And I think Demir is gonna be on the the defense a lot. So he's gonna have a it's this is gonna be one of those things where Grant Dawson will get more takedowns and just have more control time. I think he gets it done, and he's going to be top 12, top 10 lightweight after Saturday. Uh, I just want to quickly read the odds here. Again, I, as I always say, never gamble on MMA. But if you must, please use DraftKings.Sportsbook.com and uh, use code uh, the MMA hour for a little, uh, little bonus for yourself. Um, it's uh, essentially a pick it looks like right now. I'm seeing minus 115 is Magulov, minus 105 Grant Dawson. So slight, slight edge to uh, Magulov, but otherwise pretty even. At topology... This may surprise you guys. 64% is Magulov. I think that's around uh, converting, around what the odds opened up. I'm going look it up. But, I'm a little surprised. Uh, I thought this Dawson, Magulov was a favorite proof, you know, before this week. Really? Like like, like, like a note, like, oh, and uh, Dawson was actually. Not like, not like an enormous one, but I got yeah. Dawson at plus money when I bet him. So uh, Is Magulov was a favorite. I'm going to look up the line and see where it opened. Um, but again, listen, uh, Jose kind of alluded to it. Are are we not giving Demir enough credit? Again, there was the retirement, sure. Uh, but that should factor in, like you said, uh, Jed, when someone has one foot out the door, especially in a division that's this deep and this intense and this constantly competitive, is it that easy to kind of just step back in against another rising contender and score a win? 
I don't know. Either way, let's, it's not going to be easy for either guy. This, we, we can all. I'm going to go Grant Austin finish as well, but I don't think anyone of us is predicting that Grant Austin's just going to like run through him. Uh, that seems highly doubtful. But again, topology right now they like they like uh, Ismagulov to win uh, most picks by decision. Eighty four percent Ismagulov by decision, sixty three percent Dawson by decision. So yes, it's super intriguing. And I will say. I think a legitimate, a legitimate co-main event because I do always say well, it has to. It, it helps if it includes ranked people and uh, one of them at least ranked for us and both ranked by the UFC. So, uh, sorry, Jed, what were you gonna say? What did you say? Topology's prediction was for Ismagulov? Sixty-four percent in favor of Ismagulov. Eighty-four uh, percent of those uh, picking Ismagulov saying by decision. Ismagulov opened as a minus one sixty, which is like about sixty-one or sixty-two percent. Mm-hmm. So. Tapology's right on where the odds bet, and then kind the betters came in, pushed it well, down. There you go. Uh, again, guys, this is a 12-fight card. There's actually a lot of intriguing names on here. So, uh, Jose, listen, I, 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 I think you're – I was going to say pick one, but I'll just say pick as many fights as you want. Pick as many little angles as you want or just even just names. Tell me what you're looking at here outside of the top two fights. I, I won't mean, restrict you. No restrictions. The, the the easy answer that everyone's going to view is Kevin Lee kind of returning to the UFC mm. and he's on the prelims for whatever like for whatever reason. Um, I'm very interested to see how he looks, you know, back. Um, but I'm also very very interested, and I've brought his name up a lot uh, in past preview shows, being like, when is this guy going to come back? Is Michael Morales? Um, I'm a big Mike. I am a very very big fan of this young man i know a lot of people you know ian gary mike malott i'm not including hamzad at welterweight anymore but we have a lot of these welterweight prospects on the rise and i think in a few years there's gonna like this is gonna be one of the premier divisions it already is but like the top of the division seems kind of stagnant right now but there is a ton of fun young talent coming up and michael morales is right there undefeated and i know at ufc 2 289 mike malott was like one of the big stars coming out of it and he finished adam fugit mike morales did that the last time amanda has fought on the undercard tko i don't know he's he's a guy that's i don't think he's ever been to a decision if he has it's single it's single digit decisions um he is a very much a predatory striker he's a guy that will hurt you and then finish you on the canvas very fun young man to interview he carries around a little uh tony the tiger figurine he got in a cereal box because he got it like the morning of his fight and he brought it with him for good luck and he won, so he just continues to bring this little Tony the Tiger figure with him to all of his media days and press conferences and stuff like that. So if I have to watch one fight, that's the one I'm looking at because I, I'm just such a big fan. And Max Griffin is a guy that I don't think gets enough credit for the amount like – his, his resume is tough. Like has fought in – has fought in Colby. Um, his, like, like obviously Michael Morales already beat him, but like he – He's fought in Colby. He's fought in all these high-level guys. Mike Morales goes out there and beats him in his UFC. I mean, not – what am I talking about? He beat Trevin Giles. You know what I'm talking I get all these guys mixed up. But Michael Morales is the guy that I'm getting – I'm most excited for. He's the one that I have circled. I know Romanov is a fun guy. I know Ivanov is a fun guy. I know Giannis Santos is a fun guy. But uh, to me, it's the Michael Morales show on Saturday. I'm very high on this young man. 
Yeah, this matchup is super intriguing. Uh, it's been almost a year since we saw Michael Morales fight. I think July 2022. So yeah, we're almost a year. Uh, but not, I mean, late July. So yes, we're going to most. But uh, yes, it's been a while. It's been a while. And a blue chipper. I think he. I want to say he made our top five of uh, rookie of the year, 2022 rookie of the year. I know I voted for him. I, I can't remember if he cracked the final voting. But uh, yes, uh, definitely one of the guys uh, in the once again sort of rejuvenating uh, 170 pound division to watch. Max Griffin. Uh, this will be his 15th UFC fight, and he's 13 years older than Michael Morales. So this is a classic experience versus talent matchup. Uh, I'll have to. Ch- I would like to know the odds for this one, frankly, as well. But um, I will say, Max Griffin, the definition of a tough out. Uh, Tim Means one split decision. Neil Magny lost split decision. Alex Oliveira lost split decision. I'm just looking at uh, uh, Tiago Alves lost a split decision. He fought Cheeto and Jaquani before the UFC to a split decision. Colby. He's got a lot of splits on his resume. Joaquin Spearwolf, the immortal Joaquin Spearwolf. He fought him to a split decision back in 2014. Uh, this guy goes the distance a lot, and his fights are always competitive. Uh, and yes, if Morales can knock him out, boy, that would be spectacular. It would be only the second knockout loss of his career. So uh, that would be something else. Uh, what are the odds here for this fight? Morales is a pretty clear favorite. Wow. I don't remember well. I would imagine. I'm so. seeing minus 245 on Draft Kings. Mm-hmm. And the topology people are saying 87% Morales, 64% picking a knockout win. So hey, this is this is how you build up a prospect though. With respect, with respect to Max Griffin. If Max Griffin gets the job done and stops him, awesome. You know, that's that's Max Max Griffin is not there to be walked over. But if Michael Morales beats him, that's three and zero in the UFC, and then it's going to find himself rocking it up those uh, those rankings pretty quickly. Uh, Jed, what do you got your eye on? So I think that's probably the best fight that's not the co-main event this weekend, uh, just because everything everything you guys said. I'm looking forward to that one for sure. I got two others that I'm I'm going to throw. I'll, I'll throw two others and a shout to one individual. Uh, Benoit Saint Denis, Ishmael Bonfim. Mm. Love that mm-hmm. matchup. Uh, or one, if you just pick a lightweight fight, it's probably going to be sick because that's just how lightweight rolls. Uh, Ishmael Bonfim coming off one of the best knockouts of the year over Terrence McKinney. Uh, the Bonfim brothers just taking the UFC by storm. And BSD's a good fighter. Like, had a little bit of heat on him. Uh, he lost to somebody, Elise Dos Santos, maybe. Um, I, he lost to somebody. I don't remember who. Uh, it's kind of dulled him a little bit, but a damn good fighter. And this is just a really good matchup. I, I want to see if Bonfim can kind of continue to deliver on this hype that he and his brother are building. Uh, so that one is for sure a fight that I'm interested in. Uh, I will. I'm just a little. I want to see uh, Bruno Fajeda just because he knocked out RoboCop, and I kind of didn't think that was possible. And he did it with relative ease. So I want to see what else this guy can knock out. Uh, it's probably going to be uh, Nurselton Rubiev. But if it's not, then that'll be cool. So I just want to see that. Then the other one, it's not a fight. Um, because the fight's probably going to suck. But personally, I am very excited to watch Guam Kutatalaze back in the cage. Because guy came into the UFC not super heralded, but immediately beats Matush Gamrot, who I was very high on at the time. On short notice. On short notice, like, uh, and then he loses a, a very close fight with uh, Demir Smigulov, and he hasn't fought. He's fought like twice, I think, just in the UFC. It's those two in the last three years. Has mm-hmm. not been able to 
be competing despite clearly having a lot of talent. I mean, dude's an unbelievable kicker. I forget who did it. Somebody had a uh, a Twitter thread the other day talking about his kicks, and dude, he's is fantastic. Shouts to you. Uh, I'm just excited to watch him. Yes, uh, Elvis Brenner is not you know the opponent we would hope for in this situation, but I just want to see him back. Uh, I want to see if. You know, if he can continue to add to the lightweight throng of just unbelievably good fighters. So those are those are the highlights for me. And of course, I mean the the opener, Alexander Romanov versus oh boy. Boy Ivanov. The guarantees to be a banger. Just a banger. Uh boy, Romanov, I tell you, as of last year, we had him up in our like heavyweight, you know, the heavyweight division is back. I think we did at least one podcast by ranking show. Hand up. Uh-huh. I may have oh, gotten too. too excited about him. Me too. Listen, my hands up too. My hands up too. I, I, I liked from what I saw from Romanov. His, his last two performances, um, not great. Not no. Great. Just saw I, I, also, yeah. I also remember watching from the outside as people on our you know, voting panel argued whether we can vote for people based on potential or wins and losses. And uh-huh. the genesis of that was <laughs> Alex Romanov. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. He he yeah. was up pretty high on on some. He's got a lot of he had a lot of potential, right? He, up, he still does. He still we, does. He's, we just didn't know that Jailton Almeida was coming. Like yeah, we were very excited one. about a heavyweight he who one. would actually grapple, and uh, it turns out Romanov was not the prince that was promised. It was Jailton Almeida, <laughs> and Romanov was more um, uh, a Stannis Baratheon kind of guy, you know? Yeah. Just uh, fall short in the woods. Yeah, I just want to make one note about Kutat Latte. Uh, yeah, Jed, you're correct. One on one in the UFC. Uh, stepping in on short notice again for this fight, Jordan Levitt. This was supposed to be Jordan Levitt versus Elvis Brenner. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of weeks of short notice. And uh, yes, he has only fought. This is only his second fight since October 2020. Stuff is a bit of trouble getting into that cage. But yeah, it's stuff. All right. Uh, Producer Casey, I think we can go to the questions. Producer Casey, where, where are you, sir? Where are you, Producer Casey? Where is right he? Here. I'm right here. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking look at, at the. Your, uh, look at your screen. Look at right. I, was, I also watch. I also you, monitor. Looking around. Where are you? Going? I'm also monitoring the YouTube uh, thing. So sometimes I get confused. And I'm looking get at up. YouTube. Did you even put a poll up? No, no poll. Wow. Poll-less. I'm hosting. I'm host. I, I can't oh, host. I can't do poll. two things. What was your? Come on, put a poll up. All right. I'm not sure what you would even poll here, but here's exactly. here's what you can yeah, ask. Yeah, here's why here's why Michael Morales is going to win because he has, and I'm going to list them all off. All of the you know stereotypical MMA tattoos on his body. He has all of them. He has a literal. <laughs> he has a lion with a gladiator's helmet on. Love it. Love it. He has wow. a rose. He has a rose. He has a rose on the top of his fist sick uh he has a palm tree on his arm he wow. has the year he was born on his knuckles uh he has an eyeball inside of his son uh he has what appears to be like like a beehive type of geometric tattoo on his shoulder and then of course he has a throat tattoo that's a lotus leaf like just everything i love about silly tattoos he has them all oh, i'm no not barbed hearing wire. no barbed wire saying, no, sorry, no i'm no not hearing it I'm not hearing a chain link fence or his own name tattooed. Well, that well, here's the thing. That was a previous generation. This is the new generation where. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Tips the bar even more. He has the word honor tattooed on his bicep. Come on, guys. Like he's going. Is it in kanji? Well, how else would you know that he cares so much about honor? 
it's actually written as if it was written in blood, Casey. So, whoa, <laughs> he really cares about it. He has a feather on his chest, like for some Why reason he, he has have... the number twenty-two on his throat. Like, I'm all about it. I'm all about Wait, it. I think twenty-two is the year is he got the that's the year he got his UFC win. Okay, I love his it. UFC about it. Looking at Alex Bay Union's <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> wow. Okay. I love I love everything about these these silly tattoos. They make me smile. Every tattoo is silly. Casey, do they we are. have a question? They are silly. Uh, the world no, is no. silly. The world is silly. The MMA is silly, especially and trying to pick fights. <laughs> MMA is certainly silly. I'm just here for the lion wearing the gladiator helmet. Like I mean, that's that, just faces, right? Honestly, right, right, riding is, a pit bull into battle. No. That's actually a no, fantastic. No, no. Well, see, the problem is Casey. The pit bull is inside him, so he can't have it on his body too. <laughs> don't, don't start, don't start. Uh, Casey, questions, please. No. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May seventeenth, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What do we got? Put a question on the screen. No. Now. <laughs> no. Now. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, let's, start, let's start with the very – one of the best curtain jerkers of UFC fight nights in recent history. Oh, Jesus, gigantic. <laughs> oh, man. my gosh. What's up, Toke? Jesus. Uh, he, like he, like he was on the panel there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, Tilk or Aries Vetter on YouTube. Um, after Romanov gas last time, he is now the early prelim opener against a man that can't be finished. Are the UFC done with the Romanov experiment? Is that true? Ivanov no, uh, never been finished. Is this true? He's I gotten. Don't I, don't I don't know if you're aware, no, but he got stabbed in his back. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Ivanov uh, uh, has been finished one time in 25 was, pro bouts. So pretty Bell- tough. It was in Bellator. Yeah, okay. not even Derek Lewis could put him away. Alexander Romanov for the heavyweight title, baby. No, no, wait, no, Romanov. wait. It was Alexander Volkov. Oh, Volkov, sorry. I don't, did I say Romanov? <laughs> There's uh, a lot of Alexander. That's not bad. Listen, that's not bad. Getting finished oh, so, Volkov so Volkov has finished bad. both of these gentlemen then. Interesting. He has finished both. That's right. These are Volkov these are, is wow. very, beyond Volkov. very good. He really yes, is. Okay, there's a lot Shumi of hate on Romanov and a lot, lot of like, oh, I can't believe I, I, I ranked him so high. But he lost to Volkov. I mean, yeah, the Jabir fight sucked. I think that was at altitude. Heavyweights at altitude are just a horrible idea. Very Some people think there should have been a draw. Some people think Very there should have been a 10-8 in there. It act, been that actually definitely should have been a draw. Uh, it's so, not that he lost to Volkov. It's the manner in which it happened, Casey. Yeah, It was pretty bad. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, yeah. he's 32 years old, uh, which yeah. heavyweight you may is, is like being 22. Um, I still think there's a lot of skill, but he he. Well, the the, the better question is is this is this uh, I know it's so cliche is this a must win? Uh, I'm not saying he gets released if he loses. I think they could squeeze one more. F- I don't know what his contract. Like, well, let's put it this way: if this is the last fight in his contract, clearly if he loses, they're not going to resign him. 
Uh, if it's not, he's going to get another shot. But I wonder. I, I mean, you can't go any lower on the card than the opener. But I wonder if they they queue him up for another prospect. That's that's when you know that it's done. That's what I think. I don't know if you guys. Who think, is uh, his best the, win? Romanov. Did he fight Parker Porter? No. No. I mean, Juan no. Is, his, oh, his, oh, uh, Pizal. Yeah, it's, I was say his best win is Pizal. Hmm. Which that was a while ago now. That was great. almost three years ago now. Two and a half years. Mm. Ago. I mean, I don't know. Who's, do you still there? believe in Jared Vanderoff? Uh, Mar- uh, Marcus, Marcus or Jared, Jared Vanderoff? Vanderoff's uh, not even in the USA. I thought that was his best win, but he didn't win that. He got kneed in the junk. That and was lo- weird. And it, was, it was like a DQ win. He was oh losing. yeah, well, that's still a great win. No, they should have run that back. DQ. It was, it was like a technical decision. Yeah, if I was stopped, if I was just stopped, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it was technical split. Yeah. Like anyway, I. I think, like I said, I, I say they're done when, when we see a matchup with another prospect and not a uh, wizened veteran like Ivanov. I don't know if you guys agree. What, what's the sign for you guys that they're done? Excuse me, that they'll be done with them. Or just, or, you well, know, being in the be very first fight of, of a fight night is a great Oh, sign. so you think he's already – you? so kids, you think that, that they have they have jumped off? I think the UFC has jumped off. I'd, I wish they ha- – I hope they haven't. And um, Romanov will prove them wrong tomorrow. He could. Jed, although, although Ivanov is a very tough fight. He, he, it's hard. It's hard to look good against Ivanov. Im, Im, yeah, no, sorry, Ivanov. Um, I mean, if Blagoy Ivanov finishes Alexander Romanov, that is a bad sign considering he's a heavyweight that has never finished someone in the UFC. So that's a, that's probably a bad sign. If Ivanov, if Ivanov finishes Alexander Romanov, probably jumping off the train. Jed, you've uh, I think you ranked Romanov higher than anyone ever. Oh, I definitely uh, did. At his peak, at his peak, at his peak, when we were right. all in peak Romanov fever. Uh, what do you think? But you agree, you agree that he's he needs this bad. Oh, if he loses this one, I wouldn't be shocked if they cut him. Um, he's he's got to he's got to get it, even though he's young. Is he, is he just, too expensive? Why would they cut him? They have Chase Sherman. They kept Chase Sherman around. He he beat because, Chase Sherman. I don't, is because it, is there's just some anything. There's some seven and two got there's some, some seven and two heavyweight that's gonna be on the contender series soon is ready to take that spot, Casey. Ready to take thing, I guess. <laughs> I guess maybe Casey makes a point. Maybe they don't cut him. It also sort of depends. His fight against Volkov was just so bad that I sort of feel like if he loses it looks bad again. And you're just like, man, let's just kick rocks on this dude. Maybe he gets another shot, but I will cut him emotionally out of my life if he loses. To <laughs> wow, that's the harshest of. I didn't yeah, want to yeah, go that, there. That was harsh. Like, wow, that's wow, what hurts wow. most of all. Forget the rankings or the UFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casey, what do we got? What, who, what else we got? All right. Uh, do, do, do. Also, shouts to him. He apparently uh, won the grappling world championships senior gold medal. When? Which isn't like a real thing. Twenty twenty two. Who did uh, Romanov? Yeah, I'm looking at his Instagram right now. Cool. He's busy. Joseph Boza wants to know, uh, is this main event a desperate move to get fresh challenge for Izzy? I don't remember a debutante in the UFC getting a highly ranked opponent in their sophomore outing. Jose shaking his head aggressively. Jose, take it away. You're acting like the UFC has a plan. Like, <laughs> like that's the problem. Like, So no, this is not a desperate plan because there is no plan. <laughs> this is... Sean Strickland was on record saying the UFC offered him three other fights before this, and they all turned him down. And Sean Strickland, as he said, whether you, like whether you hate him or love him, like I don't really care. 
the dude is a prize fighter and is like, I like money. I'll fight the neck, the first guy that says yes. So that is what happened. I think they just ran down a list of people. Three of them said no. This Abu said yes. And that's You believe Sean Strickland? You believe Sean Strickland? I don't believe anything in MMA in anything anyone says, but I believe Sean Strickland more than the UFC right now. As I am more inclined to believe Sean Strickland than I am to believe that the UFC has a plan. In 2023, because they're making DDP versus Robert Whitaker. They mean Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen. None of those fights made sense. So this is right up there. I think both of these individuals just said yes, and they ran with it. Casey, let's be clear. I absolutely believe Sean Strickland. Do you, does this, does anything about Sean Strickland give off the vibes of a man who's like lying with purpose? I don't take the things he says about anything as like a gospel by which to lead my life. But I think he's speaking his truth every time out there. Like he's not, I'll go. He's, he's not yeah, telling he's, fabrication. He's speaking his truth. It may not be the truth, but it's something he heard. He did his own research and he's going to say it out loud. <laughs> he looked into yeah. it. He looked yeah. into it. I'm it, just asking questions. I don't think Sean Strickland's doing the Henry Cejudo, man, this guy is, is a coward. He won't do it. Or like, all oh, these people are ducking me because I want to build myself up. He's saying what he believes to be the correct answer. And that's good enough for me in this regard. Uh, point to Jose. Uh, they don't have a plan. I, I would love I would love to believe all these UFC fight nights that we're getting – that that there's some grand picture. Listen, we got we're getting Holly Holm and uh, Matt Bueno Silva in a few weeks, and um, I don't think there's any reason for it other than Holly Holm as a name, and they need a main event for a fight night card. So, though again, for that's me, a, that's the unofficial. That's, a that's great the unofficial. Plan. <laughs> that, that's, that's the unofficial. Band, by the way, that's the unofficial new bantamweight champion. I'm just saying that UFC can say whatever they want. That's my. That would be my number one but, ranked bantamweight when the next uh, when the next back round. Back to this question: uh, Is this fight? Was this? I know we talked. New UFC doesn't have a plan. Is this fight? for Strickland to look good or is it to actually have another hopeful title contender for again Izzy I'm kind of with Abus? Jose Jose do you want to go again I, I, don't quote him, I don't I think I think we as a collective hive mind are looking way too much into this fight I think both I think this is a fight where two men just said yup and that's that I think they just needed a main event. <laughs> yeah, you like guys Sean Strickland is not a, a guy plan. that seems to. Yeah, like there have like obviously in the like I'm not saying they never have a plan because when they matched up Sean Strickland and Alex Pereira, that was very clearly thought and planned out. I don't think this is the case for this plans. Fight That's nights, what I'm saying. No, yeah, that, that no. I agree because like like Sean Strickland, like Sean Strickland, like Sean Strickland, like Sean Strickland, like Sean. That's fun. <laughs> Jose, we'll get you back in a second. Sorry. Internet, Look, everyone. Internet. There's we a remixed, plan here. Jose, we and remixed the, him. <laughs> the plan is very simple. They owe ESPN 42 events a year. Yeah. Line them up, knock them down, yeah. cash that $300 million check, baby. We don't keep mean to on, sound cynical. We don't mean so, to sound cynical. This is the truth. I know. Yeah, I, I understand. It's like, it just gets really almost boring talking about these match these matchups when, when really the truth is like, uh, we just had a quota to fill, so you guys can make up your own logic how we came up with it. You know, I guess. Dude, it's fine. Look, if, if Abe comes here and does some cool shit, then like, all right, well, randomly we've stumbled on somebody that we can at least give a push well, to I mean, and that's, see, they can just make see up, what happens. Yeah. But yeah, they, this is – for any fight basically, yeah. Whoa. They they did not come into this with the plan of, all right, we see something in Abe, let's go. This is just got to fill a quota. 
they these two dudes are fighting and that's fine like i'm not here to knock anybody on this it's just that absolutely brings down my anticipation when the stakes are not for anything super substantive okay because because when this fight was made i was like i was I was like, am I missing something? And like, was was Abe like this giant prospect? And like, nope. like he was this bo- he was this Bo Nickel guy type of no. prospect? And like, did I just no. miss it? But he did look good. He did look good in his debut. So he did. They had they can run that Yolo. 19 second knockout 50 times in the lead up to the fight. There you go. Right. This guy's a destroyer. He said. I think it was the. I don't want. I want to say it was the record for a am, debut. I will say I'm pretty excited to, and I never say these words. I'm pretty excited to listen to commentary on the main event to see what bill of goods they're selling us for about Abe. Like, <laughs> that is, yeah, I know what you mean. That, it is going to be so much fun That's to watch then. Daniel Cormier, who has only watched a 19 second of this man, <laughs> then try and talk about his game. Uh, un- unbeaten <laughs> in 11 of his last 12. That's how you got to say. Unbeaten in 11 of his last 12. Um, again, fight finisher, 20 finishes. It's, it's not hard to sell. It's not hard to sell. And I noticed uh, Jose is back. Uh, Against uh, Louis, uh, Louis Taylor. Taylor. Louis Taylor retired after he knocked him out. He's like, I'm done. Taylor's a good no, he didn't <laughs> retire. Louis Taylor. Oh, well, he didn't reti- He didn't get cleared for the next yeah. season of PFL. But he hasn't, he hasn't fought since forever. I think yeah. he was kind of forced to. I, don't, I think they, he didn't get cleared, and then he's just never fought again. I don't think he's going he to be announced like, in retirement. Fortunately, he won a million dollars, so he's gone. Yeah, he's yeah. not like a super young guy. Like, if I remember when he no. won, I think he was yeah. pretty um, up there in real right. life age. I could be pretty wrong. Uh, JN wants to know, does the UFC hate Kevin Lee, uh, tough opponent to return to, fighting on the prelims of a weak Apex card? A little, it, it is a little confusing. We sh- we will say, um, it's the phrasing, the question is so strong. Uh, and and I, I was going to make a case for like featured prelims. I, people know. Don't, I, don't I, I, I often that. argue like, a, oh, featured prelim, it's a good spot to be. Except this entire card's on ESPN, ESPN Plus. There's no like change to the channel. There's no like, oh, after you watch this fight, head on over to abc or head on over to wherever so like this will you know transition you over to the main card like it's all the card is just going to be one block of you know and, and maybe that's why they don't care where he is but uh there's a lot of ways to look at it uh jed what uh, do you think they hate kevin lee oh no um i have uh, you guys frankly will probably know more about this than i do because i don't particularly uh, haven't been paying attention to this but based on everything i know of kevin lee my assumption here is that they this is a Kevin Lee call. Kevin was like, give me the hardest fight you can because say what you want. And there are many bad things to say about Kevin Lee, the fist fighter. The The man does not shy away from a challenge in any regard to his yeah. detriment over the course of his career, frankly. But he is always he always believes that this next one I'm going to show you guys. And so it needs to be against the biggest opportunity, the biggest name possible. And that has cost him dearly lately. But I would assume that he was like, whoever, I know not, you're not going to give me a top 15 guy because it wouldn't make sense. But the best dude you can give me, the best guy you can give me that. And so that's how we get Renat. And probably not going to go well for him, but you reap what you sow. Uh, yeah, opponent-wise, I don't think he had any issue with it. The, the placement's another question, but yeah, if he beats Renat again, Renat twenty-two and two, two and zero in the UFC so far. Guy hasn't lost since in nine years. He hasn't lost a fight in nine years. Sixteen fight win streak. Kevin Lee, oh, come and, in, take and, that away. And this is at one seventy-two. So it's, it's a, yes. is Kevin Lee permanently welterweight now? Is that, I, is that did he say? Yeah, that? I, I hope so. I think he has. I will also say for the placement thing. 
this feels right. Like I know Kevin Lee is a name, but when you actually look at where he's at in his career, the main event's the main event. The co-main event is, is amazing. Griffin Morales, we already talked a lot about. I mean, Bonfim and Fajeta are both far more exciting prospects than whatever Kevin Lee is at this stage. They should be getting better placement than him. So I don't think this is the, them hating. I think this is actually just a very, very reasonable place to put him on this card. Jose, you kind of mentioned before, you're not super concerned about the card placement, so just no, no, no uh, doesn't doesn't matter to you. You don't think this says anything about their how they feel, how they view him coming back. I think maybe if anything, though, like stick, not sticking him on like a numbered event, I think is more of a message than the hmm. placement of this card specifically. Because I know he lost to like he lost Daniel Rodriguez and then left the UFC, but he was supposed to fight Sean Brady. I think that was supposed to be International Fight Week last year. Or as he was supposed to be on a big card, but then I think Sean Brady got hurt or sick or something, so they like moved stuff, and then so I think that was a point where Kevin Lee went from fighting on a big card to then fighting on an apex. So I think the fact that he's coming back to another apex card says more than the replacement of this card specifically. But I am surprised by this matchup because obviously you guys all remember it, so I don't have to like go into it. But Kevin Lee, you can you, you can go read the article on me fighting because I remember this. I remember Great having website. to transcribe this. Kevin Lee was like, I think his phrasing was like, I he was super jealous of Sean O'Malley's career because he was doing, he's like, he, there, he's fighting like the easiest guys for the, like at that point in his career. Or like, you know what? I, he, he was jealous of Sean O'Malley's rise because he didn't take these fights that were, were super difficult. And I remember Kevin Lee being like, why did I fight Charles Oliveira in Brazil? That was silly. That was silly. That was silly. That was silly. That remix. Oh, we got the remix again. Uh, Dude, this well, is listen, he's sick. Coming to- He's having some power problems. Uh, 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 Tom Selleck in the comments earlier said he sounded like Max Headroom. There's a uh, reference for what 12 of our viewers might get. But um, yes, uh, uh, as Jose was saying, yes, Kevin Lee, you can kind of understand. He just said, okay, uh, he just messaged, uh, Jose just messaged, his power keeps flickering. So I assume he'll come back. We'll wrap soon. Don't worry. Um, yeah, listen, if you're, if you're Kevin Lee, you took, if you look at his resume, it's strong, man. His, uh, when he was competing at lightweight, boy, there's a lot of big names on there. Um, on one hand, he did get to compete for interim lightweight titles. So it's not as if he wasn't eventually recognized for his efforts. On the other hand, uh, you know, if you're him, you have a lot of questions about, um, how much was he getting? How much was he making for those fights as he was coming up? I'm sure he enjoyed that one fight for Eagle FC. I bet he was very handsomely compensated for it. And now he just kind of finds himself back at the, you know, the the best game in town as as uh, that that he can get with because there is no Eagle FC anymore. So he and he and I love that he asked this week, why are we still fighting the Apex? Why why was what's what's going on? You know, he's just a guy. He he's come back from uh, from. Like I said, he hasn't fought in the UFC in well over a year. And instead of coming back to a, a crowd that might appreciate his return, he's coming back to the empty halls of the UFC Apex. So it's a little, a little bit of a bummer. Uh, Jose, sorry, you're back. Did you want to finish your, your thought there? I kind of tried to finish it for you. But you're also now muted. Power could go off at any point yes. right now. The power yeah, yeah, it's exciting. All day. It's exciting. Don't worry. We'll do a couple this more. This is questions. what happens when there's a fire in Scottsdale that they can't control. Yeesh. Uh, all right, Casey. Let's let's go to the next question. Then we'll, all we'll right, go next more. question. This, all this right. one, one more. Also, Kevin Lee should have fought Tony Ferguson. How's what I was going to say? Oh yeah, that would have been great. Forrest Dennis wants to know. Ah, this is this is a uh, no bets barred question, really. Jose Young's Jed Mishu, aka what is your underdog pick for this card? Talking live dogs. Jed, lead us off. Uh, 
Let me pull up the odds because I had like two bets this week. I mean, I got Grant Dawson on underdog odds, and technically he is an underdog. But um, is Kevin Lee the underdog? He's a big underdog, right? Kevin Lee is definitely the underdog. I would not touch him wow. with money. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, I just have uh, I, if he wins, great. It will not feel good to bet on Kevin Lee to not do something bad because that's who he's been. Um, Max Griffin is probably at least a little bit of a live dog at plus 200, 205 for the reasons aforementioned, even though I think Mike Morales is going to win. Um, I don't know. Giannis Santos is probably going to lose to Cojosa, but that fight could be awful. So, um, and Blago Ivanov is probably a live dog against Alexander Romanov, I, given, I given what we've seen from Romanov lately. So... Uh, Jose, you got it's a tough week to bet. It's a tough week any, to uh, bet, y'all. Underdogs, you have an eye on? I don't. Uh, Max Griffin. I mean, he's only lost to really high level guys. So I think yeah, if Michael Morales just if Michael Morales just isn't ready for this level of competition, then probably Max is a hundred percent a live dog. Very live. I don't know. Ariana Lipsky can kind of win whenever they want. She wants so. Yeah, plus those two probably. I, I'm just saying those because like Jed's obviously took the more obvious ones. Right. Probably Max and Ariane Lipsky. Let me just say, I don't believe in non-title fights. I rarely, unless Johnson Almeida's involved, I hate I hate seeing like non-title fights where someone's uh, anything more than like a plus 500, plus six. I just think it's crazy. I mean, especially in Bellator, but even at the UFC. Well, the UFC, you rarely see it, which is why this Joe Anderson, Brito, uh, West, Weston Wilson line is jumping out at me. It looks like Brito's minus 1250, Weston Wilson plus 800. Um, if you, if, listen, if you've seen Brito fight, you understand why he, he finishes people in impressive fashion, both his UFC uh, wins, first round finishes. Weston Wilson, uh, not a great record, has been finished many times, Step, really just stepping in on short notice. The odds make sense, but I will say, if I was someone who only spent, like, whatever, $5 to splash here or there on the card, don't $5 on Weston Wilson. Not that you should. Don't bet on MMA. But I love the idea. Uh, and this probably doesn't answer the question, though, because he's certainly – I would not describe him as a live dog. He's really just a, uh, a shot-in-the-dark uh, long shot. So what can I say? But nope. plus 800? Come on. That seems a little disrespectful, doesn't it? What's the it? line on the actual main event? Oh. It's like minus 155 to plus yeah. 135. Something. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not that big. Strickland, that Strickland slightly favored Avis, slight underdog. Okay, okay that's not even. Uh, let's go one more. Last one, Casey. What do we got? Oh, one more? All right. One more. That's a betting question. It's always hard to find. It's always hard to go on a banger. Yeah, I don't want to go to – I don't want to talk about Strickland anymore. I'm done. <laughs> um, it's always hard to go on a banger. I don't know. Did you see any questions in the comments? I didn't really. Uh, I've seen a lot of who is Max Headroom, which again, I just, just I really don't have the time to get into that. Um, Google it. Jose, you know who Max Headroom is, right? Who? Max Headroom. Oh, the, the that dude that showed up on like the TV. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's like kind of say like that could describe a lot of people, but no, that is like an accurate description of. But Max someone Headroom. like hacked the TV station and like put his head Correct. up there, right? Was it? Yeah. Uh, did you do Coca-Cola commercials too? He became an ad man. Yes, the character became an ad man uh, later. Uh, hold on. Look, I'm scanning up. Casey, I'm scanning up. We can always just wrap the show, but I do feel like we need to get one more question. People, this is your chance. Ask us anything. Obviously, be respectful. I think we may just have, we may just have to wrap it. What do you got? <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, we haven't answered this in a while. 
Uh, I mean, we got Jose I here. We got Jose here. I don't even want to answer this for Strickland. Ice King wants to know if Sean Strickland were to install an ice cream can in his arm, which flavor of the t- tasty frozen treat would he load the dairy launcher with? Listen, the guy probably thinks ice cream is woke or something, or, or yeah. I don't know. It's too. It's it's not manly enough. For I, don't him. Know, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Gotta, get, gotta get a woman to scoop the ice cream. That's yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, just terrible. Just a terrible. Yeah, he's terrible I don't know. It's, it's a cannon, guys. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like he'd be second minute, into baby. Second minute. Yeah. He'd probably say yeah. That he like, would support. Yeah. Calcium having strong bones is for weaklings. I'm just like, yup, that makes sense, Sean Strickland. This is a great question. I'm trying to think what Sean Strickland's favorite ice cream would be. <laughs> it's a good question. I don't know why we – I it just doesn't – Probably chocolate. I bet he's a chocolate guy. <laughs> he's just a chocolate guy? Just boring. Just chocolate. Well, uh, I'll just say, listen, we're all, Rocky Road. We're all picking uh, Sean Strickland to, to uh, win the main event, as you guys may have seen earlier. Uh, but also I will, I will say, gosh, I hope the guy gets nowhere near a title shot even though – we know Israel Adesanya is totally down for it. So why not? We're, we're, I'd watch him we're fight dis- for title. It'd be funny. We're disregarding this card, but this, you know, you know, it could be answered to a trivia question. Uh, what right, card so, uh, it's Sean Strickland Sean Str- a title shot. I just, for no reason other than I am curious if he tweeted anything ever about ice cream. Oh, I please. searched Sean Strickland and ice cream. Mm-hmm. He's not eating ice cream. I assure you. I'm not going to read the tweet, but yeah, he's okay. He eat ice cream. Well, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I, I now have to know this. Uh, I'm not going to look it up, but people, you, I'll tell you, you, you know guys how to use the Twitter. I'll tell you guys off air. You know how to use the Twitter. Jose said, if you want, look at you, at uh, whatever he is on, on <laughs> Twitter, at S. Strickland or Sean Strickland, and uh, check his, uh, if he's mentioned ice cream. Apparently he has. And, apparently and for those great. of you that are going to be like, oh, he probably said it a long time ago. Nope, said it too Oh, my ago. God. Oh, my God. I found oh, okay. it. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, this has been the uh, UC Vegas 76 <laughs> really? oh, preview show. Uh, this has been the UC Vegas 76 Man preview show. Uh, thank you. Man just needs a hug. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, if you've got free time on Saturday, by all means, I'd say check it out. Uh, otherwise, first of all, happy Canada Day on Saturday to uh, a lot of to my people. Friends. Many of whom probably will not be spending it watching UC Vegas Band-Aids. And uh, happy July, happy <laughs> July Fourth weekend as well. I'm not sure when you guys will see us on air again. I, got, I mean, obviously previous show, but I don't know what the holiday schedule looks like. They're playing you off, AK. <laughs> play- thank God, thank God there. Uh, thank you, Jose. Oh, thank you, Jen. Thank you, Casey. Juice. And uh, again, happy Canada Day. Happy July Fourth weekend to everybody. Take care and enjoy. Uh, soap. Enjoy the end, guys. Soap is a bad holiday. <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to know. Sneakers. <laughs> Love y'all. Uh, happy happy birthday, AK. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.